a 10-year study from 1999 through 2009 concluded that the number of people who drowned by falling into a swimming pool was directly correlated to the number of films that Nicolas Cage appeared in in that given year. What's up, everybody? Tyler with today's Thought Load Thursday. And obviously, this study is completely satire. This is nothing that is actually real. But here's why it's important. Just because two things are shown on a graph to correlate or mirror each other, or one thing seems to have influence over another, does not mean that one has caused the other. You know, a famous quote is, correlation does not prove causation. And so why is this important? I felt like talking about this today as I have recently succumbed to uh, the death scroll a little bit on some social media platforms, getting a little too deep in the weeds with with some comments and just kind of laughing at uh, some of the internet arguments from the keyboard warriors out there over various topics ranging from diet and exercise to uh, political figures to economics, whatever the... (laughs) the sphere is. Um, And it's just funny because so many times, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen, maybe even a few have participated in such conversations, that it always comes to a, oh, show me me where you found that. Show me the study. Show me this. Uh, Prove what you're saying, which, which is great that we're getting there. But everything that I have been looking at as far as links that people provide is just absolutely garbage science that does not mean anything. Just because things correlate does not mean that one causes the other. I mean, now I guess in the example at the beginning of the episode here, uh, depending on how you feel about Nicolas Cage, maybe that could influence people drowning by falling into a swimming pool. But uh, I think that is very statistically unlikely. Um, and also the fun part about doing this is me going back to, back to graduate school here. I'm in two statistics classes. So some of this information is, is pretty, uh, in, in the front of my head. So, um, but yeah, I mean, again, to beat it into the head here and into my own head, correlation does not cause causation. Quick little example here. Just because two things correlate, obviously, does not mean that one causes the other. For a seasonal example, just because people in the UK tend to spend more in the shops when it's cold and less when it's hot doesn't mean cold weather causes frenzied high street spending. You know, a more plausible explanation would be that cold weather tends to coincide with Christmas and the New Year sales, right? So in looking at a couple things for this episode, I came across a a cool article from the the Harvard Business Review uh, that was written last year. It was titled Leaders, Stop Confusing Correlation with Causation. Obviously, you know, we've been told this a bunch. I've said that, what, probably four, (laughs) three or four times now. But yet they cite here in the beginning, you know, many business leaders, elected officials, and obviously media outlets 
still make the casual claims based on misleading correlations. The claims are too often unscrutinized. They're amplified by social media and mistakenly used to guide decisions. I mean, how many times in the last two years, you know, with all of the the health conversations around disease prevention and pandemic prevention and all sorts of stuff, how many times has somebody close to you cited some, you know, garbage study that proves absolutely nothing besides it aligns with whatever the outcome was, it aligns with their preconceived notions on what they they want to find. See, that's the the main issue I want to get at here and to make everybody aware of is that when you are in an argument like that that I've seen on social media so much, you <clears throat> or the person you're talking with already has their mind made up. Very few people in my experience are completely open-minded that have the attitude of, hey, let's talk and debate about a subject and you know what? If I'm wrong and what you're telling me is right, then that's awesome. I learned something today. We learned together and now I know what the actual truth is. So you need to be truth seekers, not opinion uh, enforcers. We'll call it that. So great example, a few examples they have here on the, the Harvard Business Review article is if you consider a recent health study that set out to understand whether taking baths can reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. The analysis found that people who took baths regularly were less likely to have cardiovascular disease or suffer strokes. The authors conclude that the data suggests a beneficial effect of baths. Okay. Without a controlled experiment or a natural experiment, one in which subjects are chosen randomly without variable manipulation, it's hard to know whether this relationship is causal. For example, it's possible that regular bath takers are generally less stressed and have more free time to relax, which could be the real reason they have lower rates of heart disease. Still, these findings were widely circulated with headlines like, taking a bath isn't just relaxing, it could be good for your heart. Okay, this is a real published study, right? And you or I sees that headline, taking a bath isn't just relaxing, it could also be good for your heart. And it's like, oh my gosh, I better get in the bath. Let's go buy bath salts and bubbles and candles and wine and, you know, get get in the bath, right? Have a little me time. I See this is the problem when these things are amplified through media outlets and the social media. Now they hinted at something that, that uh, Paul Saladino talks about all the time is need to do randomized control trials. So if you look at the health space, if you're talking about, you know, optimal diets or whatever, a lot of things, um, one, one thing that is, poor in a lot of those experiments is more just um, that they are not randomized control trials. It is just purely b making observations. Um, and so, or I believe the term is epidemiology study, I believe. Um, hopefully I'm not wrong on that. Anyway, 
one of the issues, one of the confounding variables there is something called unhealthy user bias. You know, a lot of people that believe that red meat causes all kinds of disease and cancer and all sorts of stuff like to cite a lot of different studies that have a correlation between people that eat red meat and people that have heart disease or whatever thing that they're trying to prove that red meat causes. Now, when you look at unhealthy user bias, you look at, it doesn't take that those studies don't take into account what everything else that person is doing. You know, somebody that might tend to eat a lot more red meat than somebody else might also smoke or drink more, or they might have other poor eating habits like a high diet and processed sugars or alcohol or, you know, you name it. You know, there's so many other variables there that you cannot just purely say, because this this group of people developed this said it, health issue that because they all had red meat in their diet, that means that red meat causes this. And it's not just the same with, with red meat. You know, you can insert almost anything else. Here's a couple other studies from the Harvard Business Review. There was a 2020 Washington Post article that examined the correlation between police spending and crime. It concluded that a review of spending on state and local police over the past 60 years shows no correlation nationally between spending and crime rates. This correlation is obviously misleading. An important driver of police spending is the current level of crime, which creates you know, a chicken and egg scenario. Causal research has, in fact, shown that more police lead to a reduction in crime. But you can see how bad having that headline of a review of spending on state and local police over the past 60 years shows no correlation between spending and crime rates. And you can see the danger of putting something like that out there when there is, in fact, causal research that shows that more police do lead to a reduction in crime. You can take the same thing into uh, advertising. In 2013, eBay was spending roughly $50 million per year advertising on search engines. An analysis from consultants had shown that in areas <clears throat> excuse me, where more advertisements were shown, sales were higher. However, economists Tom Blake, Chris Nosco, and Steve Tadellis pushed the company to think a little bit more critically about the causal claim. They analyzed natural experiments, and here's the key, conducted a new randomized control trial and found that these ads were largely a waste. Despite what the marketing team previously believed, the advertisements were targeting people who were already likely to shop on eBay. So there's obviously other confounding variables there, and that simply by doing a randomized control trial, uh, these economists were able to find out that actually the previous analysis was was false, right? And that the search engine uh, advertising was not actually helping the company. And when you're spending $50 million a year for basically no return <laughs> or a large waste, um, not quite uh, the best thing to be doing with your money. And so I'm not going to bore you with more examples, but here, here's the, the big picture. 
there are a lot of things out there that are pure or is database purely on correlation and there's going to be headlines over and over again now it's up to the individual it's up to everybody it's up to myself it's up to everybody listening to whenever you see one of those headlines that is like oh my gosh you know taking a bath will reduce heart disease um take a few minutes and actually read some more substance to what is going on and not just be a headline reader. I think that is where a lot of arguments can be saved by instead of saying, oh, I saw this thing the other day that, you know, this reduces that or this helps that. When in reality, all you did was you saw a headline and you actually don't know anything about the subject. Because then that person you're telling could go and do that thing and then see no result. It could cost them money. It could harm them. Uh, it could harm their health. You have no idea. So we need to be, call it stewards of information and make sure that the data we are looking at, the headlines that grab our attention, don't just automatically rewire our thinking on a subject. Okay. Always look for randomized control trials. If you don't know exactly what that looks like or what that is, uh, Google it. Um, I could explain it really quickly, but then I feel like I would be like my statistics teacher and I don't need to, uh, um, I don't need to relive that right now. I got some homework I got to do. So, uh, trying to think of the least amount of statistics as possible right now. Anyway, it's just really important that we understand what the science is in whatever area we're looking at, what is influencing headlines what the media outlets are before we start losing our minds and argue with our friends and family or people that we don't even know on social media. So to wrap this one up, got a great quote from Clifton Hill here. It says, when everyone thinks something is true, it does not make it anything more than effective marketing. That's it for today's thought load. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll catch you next week on Thursday for another thought load. And as always, begin the duel, win the day.